Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, does this Tuesday make me look fat? Yeah, ignore me. <laughs> it is fat Tuesday. Tuesday. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. And it's also a continuation of... It's Britney Witch. Oh. I got beads. Do you? I got beads. She's throwing them at me across the plexiglass. <laughs> Just hitting them hitting and, and falling to the back ground. At her. I'll show you my moobs. <laughs> okay, so I did a little, you know, Mardi Gras, Fat yeah. Tuesday, Ash Wednesday deep dive for us today. Because today is Fat Tuesday, which really just means Mardi Gras. And I really did not know that until either, I just looked it up. Either did I, Rocco. <laughs> so Mardi Gras is French for Fat Tuesday. And what what is going on here is historically... People would, Tuesday is the day before Lent. Fast Tuesday is the day before Lent. Okay. And so um, it is uh, a Catholic tradition to abstain, you know, from, it used to be from many things, you know, booze and food and, of course, meat during Lent. And so people would just go crazy the day before they were abstaining from different things. So that's today, party, party, party. Nothing like starting a diet and being hung over. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what I saw today in the paper? I think people are doing, because hmm. um, um, a lot of um, people aren't going to church and stuff in person, but there's like Ash Wednesday kits, like drive-through kits, because people oh. who really, you know, um, are Catholics and celebrate, yeah. you know, do all the sacraments. And they can get um, ash kits. I saw that if people were wondering what to do. I'm sure people have already covered that. I know, and I won't say why, but I know you can buy those wafers online. Yeah. You, you, you won't know. say why? And you can buy the them host. in bulk. They're called hosts. Yeah, you can buy them in bulk. All right. Okay. All right. Are you doing some cosplay at home? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> don't even know. Don't even. It's Fat Tuesday. We're not going <laughs> to talk about it. Right. And so when we worked, Lori and I worked at Carlson Companies, we were in the travel group. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, Mardi Gras is a billion-dollar gig for New Orleans, and this year it's a ghost town. Um, so you've been? I have not been. Really? But, but one of our vendors would always send us um, the king cake. And the king cake is a cake that's in a circle, mm-hmm. and it's got different colors inside. The main colors of Mardi Gras, which are purple, gold, and green, and the purple means justice. Mm-hmm. The green means faith, and the gold means power. And then inside the cake, there'd be a baby, baby, a little baby, and it was to symbolize kind of the baby Jesus. And so, if you got that piece, you were the lucky one. You were the lucky one for the oh, day. Oh, you get to eat the yeah. baby. So, um, I don't know if there's a lot of king cakes going out around um, 
the Twin Cities today, but but that's a little bit. I did not know Fat Tuesday meant Mardi Gras either. I thought it meant some sort of a drink. Yeah, Remember the Fat Tuesday place at the Mall of America where they served all the um, oh, like daiquiris or yes, slushes. Yeah, yeah, she drinks. Yeah, I remember Fat that. Tuesdays. I wonder. Yes. Does that? How long did? Yeah, who knows if that's still there? I know. I don't think so. I think isn't it? Last time I checked, uh, that was that cantina that Corona. I think you're right Lorene yeah. yeah the Mall of America is happening though if you guys haven't been there lately it, it okay I don't really want to tell people this but it is a good place to go and walk around because on a weekday of during the day there's nobody there I spent child number two he was born December 2nd and it was the year of the ice storms where mm-hmm. you couldn't even literally walk outside if you wanted to. So the stroller and thing one and thing two and I would load up in the minivan and go and walk and walk and walk. Isn't it lovely? You feel like I you're outside. It. It, it's a break. Yeah. I, the light, they, the natural light comes through like the nickel or what's it called now? Is it Nickelodeon? Yeah. Camp, yeah. camp Nickelodeon or Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon camp. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It feels like you're outside. It's a break from our your, your reality. Right. I, I also enjoy it. I'm kind of sad because I'm giving away that tip. And I've been going on random weekdays and walking about. But I think it's big enough for us all. I think, it's, I think it is. I think that's nice of you to share that tip. Boy, you're you're a giver. welcome. She's a giver, this one. Hey, she's Fat a giver. Tuesdays. She's a giver. Only on the old FTs. No, I know. And today is also... <laughs> I call it Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah, I you know. do. You've yeah. always done that. Yeah. Mardi Gras or, or Pancake Day. Um, now, <laughs> are you guys into pancakes? No. Sure, I had pancakes for on Valentine's Day. That's right, you did. All I want is sweet breakfasts. So I was watching the part two of the Tiger Woods thing last night, Rock, when I know you watched it. Yes. And I don't know why I'm thinking Waffle House. Was that where the hostess? I think that's right. Yeah. Worked where he had his first affair and they mm-hmm. found the, you know, discarded something, which is the grossest story ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, dumpster diving, literally. Um, but that was, that's an interesting documentary, Rocco, the second part. I only seen the first part. That's right. so funny. I'm at that point where we only watched the first part and it was two days ago we watched the first part and they leave you at a cliffhanger. But I'll tell you what, you have more empathy when you find out how he was raised mm. in his his childhood and when they were talking when that when he, one of his father figures it wasn't his actual dad but somebody who helped raise him was talking about the rv that they had right. on the course i thought to myself well why why is anyone acting shocked like this is how right. this was normal to him right but yeah i can't wait was the second half really good i thought it was what do you I can't think wait. Michael? yeah it's fine yeah I, I didn't feel like i learned that much but you're right yeah you under you sort of understand you're you, like you, okay you do. You you understand. He wasn't raised like a normal person. No, I often no. think about that when I think about Michael Jackson. It's like, this oh. guy was not raised like you would, you you know, somebody, yeah. something went wrong. At the same time, the way he was raised made him a superstar. I know, well, right? So would you trade right. that? I, mean, you know? I think I would when I look at that. I mean, it's rare moments in that documentary you think that is a happy person. Who? Tiger Woods. Oh, for sure. Oh. Yeah. He's a robot. But he's a robot that destroys people on the golf course. Well, here's who's destroying the tennis the tennis uh, mm. tennis courts right now is that little Djokovic, mm. Novak Djokovic. He is the temper tantrum boy. Is he? I'm not going to say what happened, but he had a nice temper tantrum today. If he didn't hit was, anybody with his ball. No, but he hit and hit and hit the court like okay. bam, bam, bam with See, his racket. He's such a baby. That's he bugs me so bad. So the Australian Open is on, and that's where I spent all my time. Serena Williams, 
slays. Oh, yeah. I know. She, and she's another one that was raised to be an absolute monster. You know, like machine. You have one. Well, yeah, athletes, you have one thing to do in life. Athletes, yes. Right. I mean, and in the solo sports, there's everything's on them more so than the team. Because they, I think the team sports, they have more interaction with other people. Still, though, you I mean, yeah. you got to think, if you get to that yeah. level, if I, you're Carl Anthony Towns, right. you've been told one thing since you were like 12. Shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Go for three. Shoot yeah. the ball. Yeah. You're not reading a lot of books. You're not, right. you know, you are just play, 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 shoot, shoot, pass, you know. Serena, though, is so fit. I mean, I like, know. she's I, better this year than I've seen her forever. I know somebody I, who sees her in person, and yeah. they say that that is the fittest person they've ever met. I, that it, her body, they, they can't even represent it well on TV. Like, her muscles and everything about her stature is just oh, pure athleticism. I am so... Her body is a wonderland. I just don't know how <laughs> she is so amazing. Yeah, I know. She's so amazing. It just blows you away. So that's kind of been fun. So this is day four of quarantining in the Australian Open. They initially had crowds that were allowed to go and watch the tennis matches. Mm-hmm. And then they shut down Victoria Township or State. It's called the State and. That's where Melbourne is yeah. in Australia for five days. So this is day four. So one more day and then it'll be open up. But the next match is going to be Williams, um, Naomi Osaka, which will be mm, very exciting. Can't wait. Can't wait. I don't know if that's tonight or tomorrow night in the middle of the night. That's, and so when do you watch it then? Well, depends. <laughs> Last night I was watching at three in the morning. I mean, I sometimes it just I love watching the tennis for yeah. some reason. It's just stupid, but it's on in Australia and I don't want to know. Yeah, who wins? So I have to change the channel before I go to bed, so I have it taped, so I don't wake up and hear the result. You know what I mean? Yeah, now, yeah. Were you late to tennis? I mean, I don't sense that you played like high school tennis. I did. did you? Because you got know, kicked off the team. Okay, that's for, probably for being, for that's being probably really why we don't good. Hear a lot I either of got kicked off or I, I, I played in junior high, or and then I played uh, for Lorenzo, uh, Coach Lorenzo at Highland Park. Okay, and I played um, maybe tenth grade. And then that was it. And I believe I smoked cigarettes. See, at which the time. is which is surprising you got in trouble for because as also, I mean, I went he to smoke school. cigarettes too. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, cigarettes were part of playing That's tennis all- when I went to school. Don't but you- I also went to school and Henry Sibley, so we right. definitely would sneak cigarettes. Right, I was at Highland. Did I you mean, go to high school with Jack Morris? Uh, he was. He, I'm in the Hall of Fame with him. I, I assume so. Yes, I am. Which is embarrassing to say. But he went to Highland Park. Yeah. He was ahead of me, Rocco. I'm not that old. Okay. Yesterday, someone comes in and said their friend was so delighted to learn I was 63 years old. And I'm like, I am? Oh, I had phone calls. That I'm 63 years old. Because I don't think you had ever announced that before. I'm not 63 years old. No, she's not not at all. Well, that's why everybody was amazed. You're not? (laughs) Well, you said it so... You said it so matter-of-factly, and then you seemed embarrassed that it came out. And no! I totally not, believed you. I am no. so not 63. But th- thank you. Oh, yeah, the phones were kind of <laughs> ringing off the hooks. Like, Julia looks great for 63. Of course you're not. I was born in 63. Oh. That was where people got... I'm 57. But you know uh, what? It's I'm not a bad tactic. Then I'll 90. take back what I said. Because I, because <laughs> my sister, you look just your I said, age. I'm 56. She goes, "You are not. I am." And I'm like, "You're oh. right. I'm not. Am I?" It's funny, but that's just so funny because Donna comes by and my, she goes, "My friend was so, well, I always wondered, and she was so shocked to learn you were 63 years old. Years old, and I'm like, I'm not. 62. But that's not a bad tactic, is to say I always say older. I'm 72. Might as well you know, just go old. Just but like, am I right, Brittany? Didn't she seem like very? 
matter of fact, or you, you got you were not fooled by it? I I know her age. Okay, so and you. we talk about it all the time because we're I don't know. We're she's trying to set me up with twenty two year olds. Okay, you know? I mean <laughs> I might be, but like. <laughs> Why not? She has more energy than me. Yeah, right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, stories we can't get enough. Oh, song? I do not. No. I was born in the book of Jesus, but till I read between the lines. You don't know this song at all? Never. Not really. And I, I know a Are handful of Barbara me? songs. Well, this is like Barbara Streisand's only rock and roll song, okay? And so why we're even visiting this for our story we can't get enough of is Richard Perry. Uh I talked to you guys about him yesterday. He's an award-winning record producer that worked with Ringo Starr, Rod Stewart, Barbara Streisand, the Pointer Sisters, blah, blah, blah. He, um, more has come out. His book has come out today, and it's called Cloud Nine, and it's his memoir. Now, he did very well producing. He's from Detroit originally, and he just listed his Manhattan penthouse for $45 million in this past November. He also was married to Jane Fonda after she was with Ted Turner. Okay. Okay. So the reason why we're playing this song is he is just more memories from this memoir, if you will. And Stony End was a big deal. What year did it come out, Rocco? Like 70. Let me look that up. Or something. Stony End. I'm going to get into that song. But now. look at the lyrics. I mean, it's a good. It's Looks a, like 71. 71, okay. And um, so Stony End was written, and um, she was working with um, Richard Perry at the time, and she was known for all of her ballads and Don't Rain My, My Parade from Funny Girl, and People Was in Funny Girl. All those things had already come out. Happy Days Are Here Again. Those were all in her first two movies in the 60s. In 1970, she asked this producer, Mm -hmm. Richard Perry, who she met through Clive Davis, who then was the head of Columbia Records, um, to get me the new Van Morrison, Marvin Gaye, Randy Newman, Johnny Cash, and the new Joni Mitchell. Mitchell. And by the way, she thought Joni Mitchell was a gas, but she wanted a new hit. She wanted to be more hit instead of ballady. She wanted to be more mainstream. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Clive, Perry writes that Clive brought him seven songs to show to Barbara, including three by Laura Nero, who wrote this song, Stony End, Time and Love, and the fil- film Flam Man. She was the hottest songwriter in the business at the time, and Barbara had a great affinity for Laura uh, Nero music. There were also two Randy Newman songs that he brought to him, and um, one of them was Gordon Lightfoot's If I Could... Um, if you, if you could, read my mind. Yeah, if you could read my mind. Um, but that wasn't the one that Barbara wanted. Stony End would become Barbara Streisand's one and only rocket. Still demanded by fans of Barbara, apparently you guys... This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are not Barbara Streisand fans, so you don't know. <laughs> but when it came to recording it, she's in the studio with Richard Perry. Yeah. And she just broke down and she's like in the middle of recording it and said, I can't do this. This isn't me. Wow. I just don't feel it. With her beautiful long nails and her beautiful makeup and her beautiful like, nose. I thought I wanted this. I was wrong. And, he, and Perry writes, Sony End was the third song we recorded that night and certainly the biggest stretch for her artistically. All of Barbara's first takes in the studio had always been pure magic. Hearing that singing voice singing these songs and her first take of Sony End, he said it felt like lightning bolt was going through him. I swear my hair stood on end. It was one of the most amazing feelings I ever had in a studio. Um... As we were listening to the playback, Barbara leaned over into the producer's ear, Richard Perry, and and whispered in my ear, you were right and I was wrong, but it's nice to be wrong. It was a moment that he'll remember for the rest wow. of his life. So Laura Nero, yeah. this song, there's a lot of legends about it. Um, if someone pulls up the lyrics, but um, she, the original, she was, um, this, she was inducted to the Rock and Roll. Roll Hall of Fame, Laura Nero, who wrote Stony End in 2012. And um, she, this song was about lesbianism. And we're talking, this was first, she first wrote this in the late 60s. And um, she cried like a baby at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when it was sung. And um, she just said, you know, I was born, what is the very first line? I was born from from love. And my poor mother worked the mines. Yeah, then, then, then the next time. I was raised oh, on the, the good book, Jesus, till I read, read between, between the, the lines. lines. Now I don't believe Please. I want to see the morning going down the stony end. I never wanted to go down the stony end. Right. And it was never kind of, you know, it was, you were, no one was talking about gay people back then and no one was... Do you know, do anything with it? But I it just kind of thought it was kind of full circle that yeah, he's that writing about was, this. And I never knew. It's wild. That he's that got was, all the stories, I feel like. Oh, he was everything. And then it's just kind of amazing what the lyrics have meant to people over the years. Yeah, so I yeah, went yeah. into a deep dive reading people's feedback on it. Totally. And um, so that's the song you guys are going to like now. What, yeah, from well, you kind of missed the, I mean, she died young. She died she at did. 49. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I remember never have really have heard of her. And then I saw, I remember yep. her name came up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. So I kind of went down the rabbit hole. But she wrote a couple songs for Fifth Dimension, uh, Wedding Bell Blues, Stone Soul Picnic. Oh. Now, Wedding Bell Blues, Bill, I love you so, I always will. That, that was my ex-husband's name. <laughs> and he bought me this the 45. When I'm, or maybe I'm getting it confused. I think that's that song, Wedding Bell Blues. Uh-oh. Oh, God. You guys are too young. I know. We're worthless. I need Lori with me to deal with these I deep, know. deep thoughts of mine that are all over the board. Yeah, Bill. I've actually heard you sing I this song. I so. I always will. I literally only know this song because you've sang it at me in weird drive-by walk. I know. That's a great song. Great. Right. So anyway, she wrote some great hits, Rocco. So now you know who Laura Nero is. I feel like wow. we learned a lot in that segment. Well. And so what why did we talk about it today? Oh, because it's Richard Carey book. book. The book we're gonna-
nine, more. Cloud nine. Richard Perry. And he, two years more after more the facts. Beatles broke up. Got so it's the story we can't get enough of about the guy we've never really heard of by the songwriter we never really heard of about the, who wrote the but song that Britney and I never heard. But, but it's about But Babs. we cannot But I get will refuse to get enough of it. I really hate both of you. <laughs> I, I loved it. Your name isn't on the show. I know. It will never be fired. on the show. I'm, I'm going to be cranky on it. Today. I'm working on it. I remember Richard Perry was Jane Fonda's boyfriend for like that. a decade. Yes. 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 He was after Ted Turner. That's right. Thank you, Holly, for appreciating who he was. Yes. <laughs> Holly, are you familiar with the song Stony End? No. By Barbara Streisand, you aren't? No. We're going to put it in our... We're playing it all the time now. Okay. All the time. <laughs> Babs 24-7. You heard it here. All right. No debate, no, all right, everybody. No. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's Fat Tuesday, which is also Mardi Gras, and the day before uh, Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. We are delighted. We have Liz Heineke um, with us, and Liz, has. you may have seen her on Twin Cities Live, because you're a regular on Twin Cities Live, aren't you, Liz? Yeah, I'm on there quite a bit. Yeah. So someone from Twin Cities Live came up to me and said, you've got to read Liz's new book, Radiant, The Dancer, The Scientist, Friendship, Forged in Light, which is an amazing book. But people probably know you because you have kitchenpantryscientist.com. You're a local um, Twin City gal. You've written seven books already. So (laughs) thanks for being on our show. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm a I'm a science communicator, so that's that's mostly how people know me. And this is my first time writing a book for a general audience, so it's kind of a new experience, and it's been super fun. Well, it, what a, what an interesting concept. So tell everybody about what Radiant is about. Okay, so Radiant is about the friendship of the scientist Marie Curie, who um, has won two Nobel prizes um, in physics and chemistry. And an American dancer named Loie Fuller, who lived in Paris around the same time. And the two of them met because the dancer, um, who was also an inventor, wrote a letter to Marie Curie asking her for some um, radioactive radium because she'd heard it glows in the dark and she wanted to use it to um, make her butterfly costume glow in the dark. And, and, and the two of them, sorry, the two of them were friends for... Um, like for the rest of their lives, basically. So it's it's really about them. It's about their lives, their accomplishments. You know, some of the hardships they faced. It's it's amazing. I mean, so you so it's it's reads like you know a novel, and it's a true story, and and their friendship and everything that they went through. And I'm just looking at these dresses because um, Louis Fuller was the woman that kind of started modern dance. And to hear about these exciting women, I love hearing books about exciting women and what they did before, you know, the 50s. Like, women did exist, and they did do really cool things. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty amazing, because they really were um, living in a very male, male-dominated male society, but they managed to really be two of the most um, inventive and um, successful people in um, Paris and for Marie Curie in the world, you know, um, at the turn of the century. So it it was just fascinating to learn about them and to write about them. And I chose to write about them using creative nonfiction because I'm a huge fiction reader myself and I wanted it to read, like you said, more like a novel. um, And I love writing about science. So I really wanted to like put the science into the book, but do it in a really approachable way and make it a book that like book clubs could get together and read and talk about, you know, the science and the friendship and women's struggles and all, all the good stuff. 
And and it really it really is amazing. And you had a really lovely write up in the Star Tribune this past weekend too. And you're getting great accolades about this book. Where if you're just joining us, it's Liz Heineke. The book is Radiant. You know, so science is so foreign to me. And if Lori was here, she would agree. I don't know about these other <laughs> yahoos that I'm working with today, Rocco and Brittany. But I, I you know, it's pretty amazing what you've done with science to make it so approachable in all your books for kids and in, in this book. Yeah. And that's really, you know, I'm not trying to accomplish anything, but really it's like through storytelling, I love to be able to just kind of show people science and the world around them. And it was really neat to write about science um, in the, you know, around 1900, because that was a time when they were really just sort of starting to learn a lot about, you know, learn about the atom and how it was put together and it's kind of cool to introduce it that way because a lot of the experiments and things they were doing were so simple that it's like easy to sort of understand what they were doing and and say, oh, yeah, I can see how someone, you know, noticed that this rock, they put it in a dark drawer with a piece of film and it exposed it. And that was like the first time they saw radioactivity coming from uranium. And it, it doesn't seem hard. It just seems like a story. Oh, my gosh, it seems hard to me, but you're right. <laughs> How long did you research for this book, Liz? How long did it take you? It took me about, you know, from the time I proposed the idea to the time, you know, when it came out today, it was about three years. But I probably researched it for about a year before I started writing. So it was a lot of research, and then I wrote it pretty quickly. But um, it was fascinating. You know, I got to go. It was so much fun looking through old letters and postcards and photos. And um, I went to Paris for a week to sort of, I wanted to see all the places I was writing about. Yeah. Um, That was amazing. I, you know, I I had read a million descriptions of like the Folly Bergère where Loie Fuller danced, but I couldn't really figure out in my mind how it was laid out. So to just walk into that space and see it. Then I could write about it better. And then, you know, I got to go sit in the balcony where she sat the first time she went in there. And I got to look down at the stage where she danced. And I got to go in the Curie Museum and see Murray Curie's old lab. And it was just magical. That is so cool. That's amazing. It just sounds so lovely to travel, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, I was so lucky to get that trip in before the pandemic. I can't right. even tell you. Oh, it just sounds lovely. And, you know, you have you have a cool event tonight to kick off your book as well. Can you tell everyone about that? Yes, I'm so excited. So it's um, you can register for it on the Majors and Quinn um, book site or website up until 5 o'clock today. But it's, it's basically just going to be a conversation about the book Radiant. But I'm talking to um, two women filmmakers who are making a documentary about Louis Fuller, um, one of them I talked to as I was writing because we we stumbled across each other and realized we were working on um, both researching Loie Fuller. But they're, they're, um, Ziva and Sabine are just these brilliant filmmakers, and we're just going to sit around and talk about, like, how we did the research and what we found. And um, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm just kind of obsessed thinking about how cool uh, you you how cool this book is, how cool these women were, what they did. And then you're with these two um, filmmakers, but also you are brilliant. And you, on top of being able to be a brilliant writer and scientist, you paint, sing and play the banjo. I feel like you should stay in your lane. You're taking too many things. (laughs) (laughs) 
I always tell people I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but master of none. So I do a lot of things and I just do my best. I'm not a genius at any of them, but I have a lot of fun just, you know, trying everything. That's cool. So did you, were you interested in science early on? Yeah, my dad is a physicist. Okay. So he was a physics professor. So and I never was interested in physics. I always gravitated towards biology. I liked, you know, animals and living things. Um but um, I also loved art and music. And in college, I was actually started off as a music and biology major, graduated, graduated with an art degree, but then went to work in a lab, so then went back to school and got my master's in biology. But um, I, I've, having, you know, it's one cool thing about living with a scientist is that they're always, like, pointing stuff out, like, oh, look at that cool rock, or, you know, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And and my mom my mom had a cooking school in our house, and I sort of saw that taught me to be a good sort of experimenter. Sure, sure. <laughs> just, just, you know, like, like, don't be afraid to just, if you have an idea, don't be afraid to just tackle it, try it, you know, try a recipe. You don't just immediately assume it's too hard. Um, notice things in the world around you. I, I think I was very fortunate to have parents who sort of, opened my eyes, you know, let me make messes, gave me the freedom to make mistakes. Uh, and it, it helped me to grow up to be, to really appreciate, you know, science and art and, um, it's very and, you know, cool. read, I've, I didn't train as a writer, but I always was a big reader. So that helped too. You know, it, it, it does help. And I can't, the joy of reading is just something that we just die for around here. And your book is great. It's radiant. If you're just joining us, Liz Hanna, Heineke and Liz, you know, the kitchen pantry, it's not the kitchen, it's kitchenpantryscientist.com. And your last post was making candy cane art. And I'm kind of obs- <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with some of these things. And I think if people are looking for fun things to do with their kids too, you have really fun things on here that people can can do at home right now. I do, and I have a lot of um books too. So just look look up uh, Liz Heineke on um any any at your favorite bookseller and you'll find my books for kids but yeah i mean for example right now it's so cold yeah, it's huh. really a lot of fun to fill balloons up with water put them outside for a couple hours and bring them in before they freeze solid and the shell, the outside of the water freezes first so you get these beautiful hollow like luminaries oh. i mean there's a lot of and blowing bubbles outside when it's this cold is super cool oh um okay so yeah, if you look on my website, you can look up snow and ice experiments. Um, but um, my newest series of books for kids is cool because I talk about, I match up, um, it's about writing biographies again. I write biographies, like one-page biographies of scientists, right. and then they're paired up with experiments you can try. I love that. It, what a treat to meet you finally. Um, Likewise. Yeah, this is really cool. So the book is Radiant. We're talking with Liz Heineke. Um, and Liz, the event tonight is at majorsandquinn.com. If you want to go to their website, you have to register by 5 o'clock today. But it's a virtual book launch. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having having me on to talk about Radiant. It was super fun. Absolutely. A delight. And keep us posted on anything new that's going on with you. I I'm really want to check out your snow and ice things because I think a lot of people need some stuff to do right now. And you know if you're not gonna if you're not a big reader, but that's some other stuff that you can do with your family. So thank you so. Oh much. yeah, totally. And I have a I have a, um, a kitchen pantry scientist YouTube channel too. If your kids want to just watch videos and then just try the experiments. Oh, so cool. yeah, there's tons of stuff you can do. 
Oh, so cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, thank you, and best of luck. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Absolutely. We've got two copies of the book. This book is something. It's so different. It's something that you're not expecting, and she's absolutely delightful and so smart, and these women, boy. She brings it to life, and I think it's one of those things where you can get this as, um, you know, this information as a textbook. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And it's boring, but when her, the author kind of, she reminds me of like Eric Larson, who wrote Devil in the White City, oh. where she makes it a story right. Right. and brings it all to life. And that that is just, I mean... Very cool. 651-641-1071. Wacko will take your name and information. And when we come back, it's time for a Britney deep dive. We'll be right back. Oh, people, people, happy, sunny. Is it hump day yet? Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, Liz was delightful. The books are gone. Darla, you got a book. And Jane got a book. You get a book. You get a book. Jane is the same name as an author that we have on, but I'm not going to say her last name. It could be the author. I don't know. Times are tough. I don't know. But anyway, those books will go out in the mail late. I think they go out tomorrow because the mail's already gone, uh, people. So, all right. So, Brittany. Yeah. You had an assignment. Okay. I, I got to open for it, remember? All right. Yep. Time for Lori and Julia. Sensual, right? It feels like we're somewhere warm. And we just, I love it. I we went underwater. Okay, this is my time to shine. All right, do it, girl. All right. We're here for you. Better be good. The weird thing about this is that the stakes are a little lower than some of the things we're dealing with. But there is a war going on. Are you aware? It's not the Gen X, Gen Z part war. No, is this is this is this is bigger than that. <laughs> this has been good. We have a war. On U.S. soil for a year and a half now. It started in August 12th, 2019. It's the chicken sandwich war. Oh, I'm dying for one of these sandwiches. Yes, tell Didn't, us. Uh, this is still going on? I it's thought, still I thought going Popeye's on, won. No, no, Rocco. No. So, who's it? Who's funny, sorry. The funny thing is, if you think it's just <laughs> against Popeye's and Chick-fil-A, I'm so thankful you guys have me on this show to keep you guys in the know. Okay. By the way... This was like four hours of my night. I hope battle you ate for, some chicken. No, I didn't. My husband's irate because I kept talking to him about it. The battle for chicken sandwich dominance begins with a little fanfare on August 12, 2019. That's when Popeye launched its now famous fried chicken sandwich, a debut that went largely unnoticed until the rival Chick-fil-A took to Twitter to tout that it is the original chicken sandwich. That's when people had problems. As you know, I don't care which side you're on. Chick-fil-A is problematic for people. So the fact that there are other sandwiches trying to reach for that, at the end of the day, I can't deny that Chick-fil-A is one of the tastiest, most delicious sandwich ever. I've but, never had one. But there's, there should be technically room for, for, for another sandwich, right? Well, the fact that Chick-fil-A came out swinging on Twitter... Popeye saw a 38% jump and said, you know what? You used to be the king. 
Now we're the king. So it's no surprise that other chicken concepts and quick service change wanted a piece of the action. (laughs) Some already had fried chicken sandwiches, but they were meek. I mean, the McChicken never really was anybody's favorite, right? Didn't they add something else to it, though? Don't they have a spicy sauce on it? Don't jump ahead. You are all over the timeline. I let you talk about actual relevant things. (laughs) You gave me this segment. Now you will sit and listen. So others saw big potential in the category. And during the pandemic slowdown, they tasked their culinary teams with developing a signature fried chicken that could rise above the rest. So now we are going to lay out this timeline for you. Okay. It started again, August 2019. Popeyes was like, hey, y'all, this is a thing. Okay. Who could sit this out? Oh, the Colonel couldn't sit this bad boy match out. 2020 May, K- KFC comes out swinging with its double breasted extra crispy chicken sandwich. And they said, listen, we are the king of chicken town. We put bread between these bad boys. <laughs> we can also put mayo and pickles on a sandwich. Absolutely they Yum. can. So actually, they became a front runner for a little bit. Okay. But Chick-fil-A was like, hold my bear or whatever Chick-fil-A <laughs> drinks. They came out with their honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich saying, this is it. They also reminded us. That's not a thing. Chick-fil-A sauce is literally to die for. And I can't deny that. Wendy's was like, excuse me? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. So Wendy's came out hard October 2020 saying, we've got this. Don't even worry about it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to add a little bit of zang to it and call it a day. Now, you think we're done? That's that's where I know that you've been sitting this out. Because Sonic came in and said, we would like a piece of this pie. January 2021. This is only a month ago. We're still dealing with it. I can't believe it. I can't believe how I've missed this. I'm so embarrassed for you. I guess. I really can't believe you didn't come in with... Evidence. Why didn't she bring us a Because sandwich? this is the Who thing. Who do you think you are? This is the thing. You had all day. I'm you not did. done, you guys. All right. Okay. As of January, you want to know who got involved? Like, this is how deep the rabbit hole goes. Who? Taco Bell? Is serving chicken sandwiches? Is serving chicken sandwiches. <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Stay in your lane, Taco Bell. Stay out of this fight, Taco Bell. I can't say there's a chance of them winning it. I saw the sandwich. What about Canes? uh, Canes is in it. Canes just throws the tenders on a bun. Pretty much. They don't put a lot of thought into it. But Uh, I guess neither is throwing mayo and pickles on a sandwich and calling it special. And then the big boy stepped up to the plate. McDonald's. McDonald's, thank you. I just read about this like two weeks ago. In this month. Yeah. So this is how I know there is still bloodshed in this war. This is a big. This is 2021 February this month. They not only they got rid of all their bear grilled chicken sandwiches. They said we're only concentrating on we're getting rid of our McChicken. We're just doing our crispy chicken sandwich. Not gonna lie, it looks amazing. It's spicy though, spicy crispy chicken sandwich, isn't it? No, it's not. They have an option. Good. They they have variations of the spicy. All right, open up our phone lines. Let's see what people love. I, I need to know um, what people have. I also got quotes from famous people that I know. All right, what do people um, love? Who are, do they like? The Minnesota's own Michelle Tafoya NFL sideline reporter said, let me congratulate the mother clucker who wins. That was her quote. 
I asked B. Arthur, I said, can I have a quote about the chicken Wars. sandwich war? Mm-hmm. And she said, please get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Lori didn't text me back. She's on vacation. I know, but I just want to note it. <laughs> she would no sooner eat a fried chicken sandwich. It just felt like noting. Did rival chicken get to you? I used to love the Arby's chicken sandwich for a while. What? what? That yeah. seems wrong. I don't know that they make it anymore because now they're all into, you know. They have, have the, the meats. meats. Yeah. But, you know, I was into the Popeyes for all. There's one down here at Lexington right? University. Like I said, it's just like pickles and mayo. But then there's a spicy one and the non-spicy one. I mean, Chick-fil-A oh. is one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. And I, I need to have that. It's delicious. And I'm worried about the traffic jam they're going to cause because they're building one on a corner by oh, my, yeah. my house. It's always busy. In where I live in Eden Prairie, it's backed up at least 10 I, cars. I but mean, they move fast. Same with the Woodbury Raisin Canes. Oh, that uh, place is a disaster. And I am I like Raisin Canes. I can't wait. to. I have not tried that. But I've definitely... The thing is, I got this assignment last night. <laughs> The roads were bad. I couldn't do the let's footwork. Get, let's do some DoorDash and I, get some chicken sandwiches. I agree. Up in I'll here. be. I have I'm a back DoorDash here. coupon. I'm back let's here on it. Monday. They could be here. We could. They we could can be here by out. six. I'm just sweating right now. This is actually something so I care fun. about. Oh, she cares about this. this well, is... what's your take? Did we get the Britney take or no? I know, Honestly, like? right now, I just first off am embarrassed that Taco Bell got involved. I think that is what we need to acknowledge first. Um, I do like the idea that Wendy's did add a tomato. I know that seems basic, but like please and thank you. A little bit of veggies in this was not a bad idea. At the end of the day, as of right now, I can say as problematic as sometimes Chick-fil-A can be, it's the reason it's number one, you guys. It's delicious. That sounds good. Maybe this is your deal. You have to bring it in on Monday. Okay. We're we're not going to let you work with us. (laughs) Is she still here next week? She's coming back, maybe. Maybe. We'll see after this second. Lori's coming back. I also want to note, I did reach out to some... um, Big time celebs on my talk. They, uh, they, Clooney. They, they didn't, Clooney on my talk. They, yeah, didn't, reach, they, didn't, they didn't get back to me. They so back at to some point, if they, you know, chime in, hopefully, but yeah. Right now, there's a war. I just, you know, hug your family. There's a war. Thanks for keeping us posted abreast of the situation. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. We'll, we'll be back after the news. This is uh, Lori and Julia on my talk 1071. Yeah, stay tuned for that news. Uh, Yeah, you know it. It's big news. (laughs) Well, it's big breaking news. Hollywood news.